0: This year, we started with Indianapolis, and we're working our way down. We'll say it's because I wanted to get to Altoona quicker, because I always want to get to Altoona quicker. Uh, Part of that was also, you know, maybe a little bit of scheduling conflicts and different stuff. But I'm happy that we're in Altoona, bringing back John Moses. That's no H, and at spelled with a Z from the at Altoona curve. John, how you doing today, brother?
1: Doing great, man. Looking forward to more sunshine. See the Bucks are on against uh, the Blue Jays this afternoon, so I'll catch that in a little bit. So, yeah,
0: definitely. It's it's row day. Uh, everybody's anticipating what uh, what Rowanzi is going to look like uh, this season. I mean, obviously, I don't even know if everybody's going to be looking at the pitch shapes. They're probably just going to be looking straight at the gun uh, to see what that velocity looks like.
1: Yeah, I mean... From what I understand, Rowanzi stayed in in Tampa and and stayed hanging around Pirate City to uh, to do his workouts. And then I don't know, saw some socialing that he's you know back into the mid high nineties, which was the guy we saw in Altuna in twenty twenty one. And you know that guy looked like the guy who's going to hold down a starting job in the big leagues for a while. So hopefully he can put it all together this year. He's he's a fun guy to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I. Definitely want to see that happen. Definitely want to see that. But we're going to talk some minor league baseball here. This is a minor league baseball program. Uh, Before we hopped on here, I said the the first thing I noticed about the Altoona curve this year is a lot of new faces to Altoona, uh, but not uh, new to the organization. uh, New manager, new hitting coach, new pitching coach, and then also adding Taylor Davis a uh, former uh, Pirates farmhand, we did get to see him uh, in the major leagues a little bit. Guy is a character. anybody that hasn't seen, I know it's like either like a video or something out there of every single time he catches the camera, he he makes faces at it or has sunglasses on. The dude's a great personality, but is a great baseball mind as well. Adding him to the kit, the catching and game planning, coaching, uh, yeah, just a lot of changes going on in Altoona there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this, I think this is the nature of it every year that, you know, player development will like take a look at coaching staffs and who was where and then sort of assess how it went that year and how they should go going forward. I mean, I've heard some great things about Robbie Hammock, you know, a guy that has a lot of major league experience, uh, you know, a catcher, um, you know, those guys always seem to think the game really well. Um, so I'm looking forward to meeting Robbie, you know, I'll, I'll see him down at Pirate City coming up in a couple weeks here and um you know, I'm I'm happy for my man Drew Bennis going going back to AAA as the full time pitching coach. You know, he filled in with Altoona last year, and um, you know had uh, had been with Altoona as the pitching coach in 21 and 22. Um, so happy he's going to be there. I've heard nothing but good things about Fernando Nieve, another former big leaguer who's going to be on the uh, Altoona coaching staff this year as the pitching coach. So um, this should be a fun group. It's it sounds like it'll be cool.
0: Yeah, and we definitely uh, talked about, uh, like I said once again before we hopped on here, uh, we talked about you know the adding that that catching um, and the the game planning coach and and talking about like how Chad Noble you know had been uh, uh, kind of like the roving instructor throughout the minors last year. He's going to be um, in Taylor's position at Triple A this year, but just having a guy who is. You know, specializing in in the catching aspect, which is not something that, I mean, you see a lot, but it's something that is needed throughout the minor leagues because it's such like that little niche mm. uh, aspect of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, right? You go back over the years, and it's like we've got a hitting coach for all the hitters, we've got a pitching coach for all the pitchers. You know, for the catchers, yeah, we'll we'll help you, we'll help you hit, sure. But yeah, I, I think you're right about that. That sort of um, more, more direct coaching for catchers I think is pretty important. You know, you look at the last couple of years and some of the prospects that have come through behind the plate over the last few years: Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, Abraham Gutierrez, Jason Delay. Um, you know, you want to have catchers in the organization you can trust when they get there. Um, so I, you know, look somebody like Chad Noble who's now going to be on the staff at AAA. Chris Truby who's the infield coordinator he's going to be stationed uh, at triple a for most of their home games and then do some roving otherwise. Um, you know, I really like that idea. I think it makes a lot of sense, right? You know, the whole point of this is to develop players as individual skills. Um, and I think the best way to do that is direct instruction with an expert that has, you know, just recently caught, right. Taylor Davis, you know, what a dozen years as a player. And, you know, this is his first coaching opportunity. Um, And, you know, we've been fortunate in Altino to have Gary Green working as our infield and bench coach the last couple of years. And Gary just has just an incredible amount of knowledge about how to do it. And guys sort of gravitate him. And you can tell, like, the daily work that players and infielders put in with Gary Green, it makes a difference. I think the number one example of that is Leo Piguero where he just became so much more consistent because he was working with Gary green every day on some of those angles. And now, you know, you're seeing in the big leagues where, you know, he might be the everyday second baseman this year.
0: Yeah. And talking about, uh, not to go back to the majors again, but, uh, Piguero made an, an absolutely, you know, difficult rangy play, uh, during spring training and people, it's kind of eye opening for them because they didn't know, that that was kind of in there and, and seeing that, you know, development from players, because I mean, there are, you know, question marks, not everybody is going to be a, you know, Jared Triolo or, or a key Brian Hayes, or a guy that may be in um, Altoona this year in a Jack Brannigan, like not everybody is, you know, that solid a defense walking onto the field and they may need some stuff to work on. And a lot of these guys are, are also very young as well. I think that's things yeah. that we kind of forget uh, with that. But last year, I mean, kind of sticking with like Pagero a little bit here. I looked at the opening day lineup uh, for the Altoona curve last year. The starter was Kyle Nicholas catching was Henry Davis at shortstop was the previously mentioned Paguero. And on the bench was uh, was Joshua Palacios, and this is something we talked about uh, in the uh, the review for last season, was that the number of guys that started out in Altoona and either made their, you know, major league debuts, or for, in Peguero's case, like his, you know, he had a the tiniest of cups of coffees in the major leagues, but had made it the way from Altoona uh, the whole way to the majors uh, last year. So, I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot here right away, John, a little bit is, you know, guys that could potentially be on the Altoona roster this year, uh, obviously rosters and assignments haven't been made, but a guy that could possibly, you know, make a jump or a guy that maybe finished the year in Altoona last year, um, and we may see their major league debut this season.
1: I think the number one for that is Paul Skeens. Um, it sounds like Skeens is probably on track to start at double A this year, which, you know, I'm pretty fired up about. I'd love to watch <laughs> that guy in person. Um, it's, it's really impressive stuff, even though it was only, you know, three innings or whatever with Altsuna last year. Um, I think he's probably the the most likely guy that could sort of make that jump from Altsuna to the major leagues this year, but there is so much depth on in this starting pitching staff. I mean, you're looking at, let's remember, these are guys that are very young. You know, Anthony Solomito just turned 21 last year during the season. Bubba Chandler turned 21 last September. Those two guys are probably there. Uh, we'll probably see a full year and of Braxton Ashcraft. I mean, you know, Kraft was coming back from Tommy John last year. so sort of limited to two and three inning outings um, as they tried to rebuild that inning count for him. And the stuff looks incredible. I mean, he's got a, he's got two major league weapons with the curveball and the fastball in the mid nineties. Like, and then you add Sean Sullivan and and Thomas Harrington, and you're looking at six guys that are going to give you a chance to win every day to start the season in Altuna. So, I think the starting pitching is probably the story early in the year. And you know, on the position player side, it's it's sort of tough to say. Right, there's a lot of guys that are sort of in that infield's group right now in Pittsburgh because you got to figure out sort of what second base looks like and how that trickles down. But, you know, Sung Chai Chang is a guy that could play his way into a major league role this year with his speed and his ability to get on base. And, um, you know, he can play short. I'm sure he'll get some reps at second base this summer as well. So he'll sort of have some of that versatility when he gets there.
0: Yeah, It's definitely, that's what I was talking about was the formidable is what I called it, the, the pitching staff. Uh, there's just a lot of guys that can be there and I think we even talked about this in the preview uh, last year. I, I did. I did go back and listen to that this past weekend. It's just that if a guy starts in uh, Altoona, and even sometimes if a guy starts in Triple A, and you would think they would be at the majors, don't really see that as like a failure. It's it's kind of a good thing that you have so much depth, and then also, I mean, Ben Charrington uh, since he's been here has talked about giving the guys, like, I don't know if it was like, he talks about like, it's almost like a plane. I don't know if it was like having the runway to kind of take off and then like the landing strip to, to land in a spot and be successful. So, Mm. I mean, if a guy's been uh, in, in, in double a for all of last year, it wouldn't be a a bad thing for him to start the year in double a again. A lot of times people would say, Oh, that's, that's a repeat, um, but for, for Charrington, a lot of times it's come down to depth and it's also come down to you know, letting a player start a year with success – um mm-hmm. before they they move on to the next level. So I definitely don't see it as that a lot of people are probably looking for, you know, some some pretty quick call-ups from Altoona. Uh Jared Jones was a little bit of a surprise for me last year. Uh, might have been because of, you know, some injuries at the major leagues, uh Triple A, uh but definitely showed out there, but I mean, I could see some guys uh taking s- some big steps forward. So if you had to you know, kind of see like a a guy, you know, looking the other way uh, from like maybe Greensboro or somebody finished in Greensboro last year, uh, landing in Altoona this year. Who are some guys that you have on your mind uh, for Altoona's lineup this season?
1: Um, I think Jack Brannigan is a name that that is probably pretty likely for Altoona at some point this year. Um, Jackson Glenn's probably going to be back. I mean, he looked great with the curve a year ago. Um, but I think, you know, Tamar Johnson's probably on the radar for some point this year, you know, this might be the year for Tamar Johnson, where if he gets off to a good start that, you know, he ends up in the futures game and that he, you know, maybe he ends up in Altoona, you know, in the second half of the year. Um, you know, I think that's a guy that the pirates are pretty excited about because I mean, he can really swing it from what I understand. So, um, I think those are two position players I'd I'd like to keep an eye on, you know, sort of to start the year and maybe it's a question mark about whether or not, those, those two guys start in Altoona, whether there's a spot for them to play every day to start the year. Um, I'm looking to see a little more from Jace Bowen. Um, you know, we got him for probably six or seven games at the end of the season last year. And, you know, it's it's sort of an interesting profile. He can run and play some center field. He's going to hit for some power, hit almost 20 homers last year. Um, you know, it is I guess the question mark for me with Jace is, is the power going to translate? at double a playing in more hitter friendly environments. I think that's a, that's a question you have for a lot of hitters that come up from Greensboro because it's such a hitter friendly environment at Greensboro. And then at Altoona, it's very much a pitcher friendly environment in the home ballpark. So, um, you know, and then, you know, it's the talent level overall, you know, how do those guys cut it? Uh, against you know sort of the higher level of pitching, you know guys that can land breaking stuff for strikes consistently in double A level, it's just probably not as common at high A. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to sort of see how some of these guys come back. And you know when you're talking about repeaters, there's there's a couple of guys that'll be back, right? Abraham Gutierrez missed some time with an injury last year, but I, I think he's really got a chance to hit. Um, we'll see what the the sort of change in approach looks like for Matt Frazier this year. He he put together more contact a year ago just putting his bat on the ball more often and you know he ended up hitting for a higher average than he did uh when he played every day for El in 2022 so you know can can Fraser sort of put it all together because he's got such great speed defensively that you know he can probably be a factor defensively in the big leagues so I, you don't want to give up on a guy like that um so I, I'm sort of interested to see sort of what, what kind of work guys put in in the off season and what the focuses are at spring training for uh, for guys to get off to a good start?
0: Yeah, and Jack Brannigan, I mean, got to see him, you know, in spring training here a little bit. Already made like a a web gem. If anybody hadn't seen it, go check out like the Young Bucks site. Like this guy, um, it's just a it's just a, in the in the vein of a a Jared Triolo. Not saying they're the same type of player. I know that 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 uh, Brannigan comes with. Um, a little bit more power out of the gate. Uh, has a little bit more swing and miss. Uh, something we want to see, you know, corrected a little bit. But I mean, a, a lot of that. Uh, I, I said you don't know. Uh, how many people in Greensboro is, is guess what? When we're growing up, what do you want to do? You want to hit home runs and you start to be able to poke them out, you know, in Greensboro a little bit. And I've, I did a, a, a whole segment on the dimensions of all the fields within the Sally league. And there was a lot of weird dimensions and there weren't too many big ballparks. They weren't like the same size as, you know, in Greensboro, but I mean, that could kind of like maybe you want to stick to just like what you're doing. But I mean, as a young kid, you're also trying to make an impression on you know the big league club. You're trying to do different stuff yeah. like that. And you start poking some out there and it can it can get a little bit tempting because that's something that that we've seen a little bit here is the guys coming up. Uh, trying to have to change their approach and, and not, you know, getting as much power. Or that you know, that fly ball to to right field towards the coaster, you know, in Altoona is is landing in somebody's gloves when they're thinking it's you know it's going to be over the fence. So it's it's definitely a, a big adjustment period for some of those yeah. players. So that's I mean we've seen it with Frazier, uh, saw it a little bit with Gorski. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering like if if that is something that. You know, is bringing it's it's been a thing where you bring, kind of bring up the, the Greensboro manager at times to to Altuna, and just seeing like, okay, guys, we're going to stick with this same approach that we had, um, and and not really focus on you know the launch angle and stuff just yet. Maybe who knows? I I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good adjustment for hitters, right? Because, you know, when you play in the major leagues, you're going to play in a hitter-friendly environment, right? Like, you're going to play games at Coors Field in Colorado, or, or you're going to play games at San Diego at Petco Park, which is a, you know, very pitcher-friendly environment. So, you know, it, I, I think it's a good lesson for hitters that they learn as a minor leaguer that I have to st- I have to stick within what I do, regardless of what building I'm in. You know, I have to play to my strengths every day.
0: Absolutely. And and here's the thing. And you missed Great American Small Park, as I call it, in Cincinnati. I <laughs> yeah, mean.
1: there you go. Right, Cincinnati.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just another one that, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's basically staying true to who you are and, and maybe being able to adjust when you're playing at certain places. Um, but, I mean, honestly, it, it, it's. I think that a lot of times we're just like, oh, it's, you know, development is, is not linear. It's, it's not easy. And, yeah. and, and it's definitely something that, you know, people can, I mean, take steps back and, and be able to adjust and maybe move forward. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting season, um, in Altoona this year. I mean, especially for me, I'm trying to think if, if I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get out there to get the Paul Skeen's bobblehead. I mean, believe me, I, I definitely do want it. I, uh, but it's, it's going to be, you know, a, a year of, you know, pushing towards Indianapolis. But, I mean, like you said, as, as the top prospects have kind of made it to the majors this year, it starts uh, kind of a little bit of a backlog. But that's that's not a bad thing. And and you mentioned, like, players like Termar Johnson and players that we're going to get to see. And, I mean, the, the one for me that, that definitely, I mean – something that Ben Sherrington has done is if a player is added to the 40 man, and you mentioned like in a Chang, um, and, and in an Ashcraft, he's not afraid to, to make that leap. And sometimes over, you know, triple a, mm. um, I, I'm just kind of wondering, wondering your, your thoughts on that, that John of, of just like the, the leap from, you know, double a to the majors. Uh, it, it's, it's something that Ben Sherrington has done, uh, is, I don't know if that's a good thing, a bad thing, or if it's just something that's, you know, part of the discussion point.
1: I mean, look, I, th- I think the leap in play is significant. Um, you know, from a pitcher's perspective, you know, at double a, one of the benchmarks is being able to land breaking stuff to both sides of the plate as a starting pitcher and commanding your fastball to both sides of the plate and then showing a third option. You know, if you're going to be a starting pitcher, whether that's a changeup, a split finger, a cutter, whatever, um, but the consistency level is so different in the major leagues, where those guys do those things every day, no matter what. You might see it, you know, good for a week or two weeks or so uh, when a guy is playing at Double A. But you know, the guys that that get promoted out of Double A quickly are the guys that are consistently great with their tools immediately. Um, you know, I thought there was a chance Leover Pugero was going to be that kind of guy where you know he just hit his way out of the league and then you know, opponents made an adjustment to him and, you know, down the stretch in 2022, he sort of had a tough year adjusting to how pitchers were, were dealing with him. And then, you know, he shows up as a repeat in Altoona in 2023 and he bumps his walk rate by like 10%, which is huge. Um, you know, cause Leover is up there trying to swing, right? Like he's up there trying to hit the ball, which is okay. That's his strength. That's his approach. That's how he wants to play the game. But, you know, he started to become much more selective at the plate. He became so much more consistent um, in his ability to recognize spin that he stopped swinging at pitches that were just not strikes in the first place. You know, that was sort of what hampered him in 22 with Altsuna. So, you know, once you get to double A, you sort of get identifying markers from your opponent about where the holes in your game are. And then it's about how consistently can you close up those holes. And, you know, I would say that that is probably the biggest difference between playing at double A and playing in the big leagues. So that is a huge jump, right, to all of a sudden become somebody that can consistently cover up their own weaknesses in their game so that they don't hurt them on the field. You know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. Definitely. It's it's it's. I mean, baseball is not easy, man, and the, I'm not going to make it easy for you here at the end. I need, and I did this. I did this to Jack McMullen from Indianapolis as well. I'm looking for one hitter and one pitcher, and you can't say Skeens because I don't know how long he's going to be in Altoona, but just one one pitcher and and one hitter that you are looking to. I wouldn't say break out, but you're looking for like some very strong seasons from uh, this year, and that you're keeping an eye on from the get go.
1: I think on the mound it's Bubba Chandler. Um, I, I'm telling you, man, like the fastball that he showed at the end of the season and just one start with Altoona, like that's the type of elite grade fastball that plays in the big leagues. And he showed the ability to land his breaking ball for strikes and command everything to both sides of the plate. I mean, he was not a good pitcher the first half of the season last year at Greensboro. And then, you know, he was pretty outspoken about it, about how he, you know, had, he took his time during. Um, the all-star break last year and, and just sort of said, okay, you know, I have to go full speed into this and had a much different mindset. Um, and that sort of, you know, took, allowed him to take off in the second half. I'm looking to see that come back, right? Like, is that mindset back to start the year? Because if it is with the type of tools that he has, he's flying out of double A in two months. You know what I mean? Like he's got the type of stuff that will play in the big leagues pretty soon. Um, on the hitting side, who's my breakout guy? I, I've heard very good things about Trace Gonzalez. I haven't seen him yet. Um, you know, that was somebody that Kalix Crab, our manager, last year was pretty excited about uh, thinking that he had a chance to get to double-A last year. It didn't end up working out that way. Um, but I think that's a guy that's probably on the radar for us in Altoona this year. Trace Gonzalez, a little bit of a smaller guy, um, but apparently can really hit the ball out of the ballpark and and hit the ball with authority. So, You know, that's that's sort of what it comes down to in the first place. And we'll see if the uh, the other tools uh, allow him to have success in Altoona.
0: Well, man, this just gets me all excited. I mean, people don't understand like how I look forward to every single time. I mean, I I live over here by the airport in in Pennsylvania, over here at uh, Pittsburgh International Airport. But driving out to Altoona is it's like almost like a pilgrimage every year. I look forward mm. to it. My family looks forward to it every year. Uh, but all this stuff is getting me excited uh, for Curve baseball. I uh, I also I, I we talked about this before. Is I'm one of those people that want to see the Curve. Uh, do well, uh, not only in players individually, but just for, you know, the city of Altoona. I would like to see when the curves on the top of those standings. Uh, John, this is always a pleasure, man. Always great to talk to you. Uh, And for people that don't uh, follow, uh, John Moses. Once again, that's John without an H and at spelled with a Z. And we are going to get into some beer reviews. A of beer, a of beer, Let's order another of beer. That of beer should come over here, I love that of beer. I did not get a chance to get any local beers for you guys this time, and I feel like that I'm kind of failing on that end a little bit. I definitely want to uh, do better with that. Uh, A lot of this has had to do with uh, sickness in the family and not being able to get out, and then uh, traveling uh, to St. Louis uh, to visit my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, have my daughter uh, tour St. Louis University, So I I definitely got to get better with that. But I decided to bring, if I had to pick, uh, my favorite, maybe a little bit under the radar uh, brewery um, in St. Louis. I mean, obviously out there, Budweiser is going to be number one. Uh, As far as the craft beer scene, uh, Urban Chestnut, and I love Urban Chestnut When uh, when I went out there last year. And I did a Meet Me in St. Louis podcast. I did the Urban Chestnut Beers. Uh, this is, is a great brewery out there. It is four hands brewing. Uh, I've had, I'm going to count them here, one, two, three, four, five of their beers uh, throughout my times visiting out there. Um, also, when uh, my my sister-in-law and brother-in-law come into town, sometimes they, they stash some away. Uh, in in the luggage that they've checked and, and had some of that. So I'm going to review uh, five of these beers for you. I'm going to go with the three that I've had previously and then the two that I had this last time I was out here at a great place called The Armory. It was... Um, an old uh, military armory that they kind of turned into a fun zone uh, for adults. But on on Saturdays and Sundays during the day, the kids could be there as well. They had uh, eight-person foosball tables. They had uh, beer pong with just like a little bit of water in it there. They had uh, giant ping pong tables. They also had ones with giant paddles where you're hitting a soccer ball, video games, uh, just uh, a great time out there. But in in the time that I was there previously, the citywide pills, their Pilsner coming in at 5.5%. Give this one a 425, knock it down to 375. The Incarnation IPA, and I believe this is the first one I ever had from them, coming in at 7%, give this one a 400, knock it down to 350, a little bit on the heavier side, Divided Sky Rye IPA coming in at 6.5%. Give this one a 375 And because it was a little bit of a different tasting uh, IPA, the Rye IPA, I only put that down by 0.025%. So knock that one down to a 350 The last time I was out there at the armory, I had the city one. American Pale Ale, and they have a citywide series that has like the pills, the stouts, the you know, the pale ales, the IPAs. It's it's a great series that they have out there, but the citywide American Pale Ale coming in at 5.5%, which is the same as the pills. I give this one a 475, bring it down to 425, and then my favorite beer that I've had. From the Four Hands Brewing. It was a collaboration. Parker Pilsner. Coming in at 5%. This was a very full flavored Pilsner. Almost had a little bit of a hoppiness to it. uh, Was the favorite beer that I have. And this one is going to be one of maybe four or five beers that I've ever given. The batting 500 on the weighted based on batting average scale. Knock that one down to 450. The Parker Pilsner, I believe this one is a a limited release. So anybody that's listening to this and is going to be out in the St. Louis area, go out and get that one Uh, next week. uh, Hoping to bring you uh, the, it's going to be the Greensboro 2024 preview. The week after that, uh, I will actually be down uh, in Bradenton, so hopefully doing uh, one on-site someplace at one of the breweries, something I did uh, last year. Uh, But until then, let's go Indians, let's go Curve, let's go Hoppers, let's go Bradenton Marauders, let's go Bucks.